Welcome to The People's Show with Bik Nizar and Randeep Chanda. It is the People's Show. Dan Richo and Randy Janda with you live from Nat Bailey Stadium as the uh, Vancouver Canadians get set to kick off a big weekend here at the ballpark. What's happening, Randy? What's going on, Reach? It's a nice sunny day. It's a little nice. chillier than last week. A little week. chilly. People Bic, aren't trickling yet. Bic, Lena, and I, we, uh, we roasted last, last Friday. Okay, so last time I was sun. here, it was raining. Okay. So this is an upgrade from that. <laughs> I'll take it, man. This is the perfect baseball weather, I would think. So uh, if you're uh, up for an early afternoon baseball game, head down to the Nat for a great time here as uh, they get ready to kick off this weekend. We do have some hockey news here on August the 5th. Okay. August 5th, last night, as we wrapped up the show yesterday, Ryan Leslie sent out an emoji of the eyes. You know, the eyes emoji. And everybody's like, what's going on here? Like, what's Ryan, what's Ryan Leslie uh, thinking about? I probably shouldn't have said emoji. Emoji of the that. eyes. <laughs> okay. In the English, eye emoji, as normal people call in it. In English, he, he sent out the eye emoji, hinting that something might be happening. Now, he wasn't, like, preluding to uh, a fancy steak dinner that he was about to have or anything like that. Uh, he was alluding to Jonathan Huberdeau. Signing a eight-year deal worth ten and a half per season with the Calgary Flames. Essentially, the deal that they had on the table for one Johnny Gaudreau is now signed by Jonathan Huberdeau just a few weeks later. Yeah, they just crossed out the uh, Gaudreau and put in Huberdeau there and said, yes. "Here's our offer. Take it." And we like you, Johnny. Listen, Even more than the last Johnny, especially right now. We were talking about this yesterday. Of, okay, this guy is Hollywood. He's got his blue Ferrari. Is he going to stick in Calgary? And the answer is yes. The answer is a resounding yes. Over $84 million, as you mentioned, $10.5 million per season. And listen, from the Calgary Flames' perspective, yep. you understood the desperation. You understood mm-hmm. the need to have a star player. I just didn't realize that Johnny, or, sorry, Jonathan Huberto would be that eager to sign the deal right away for going well, the UFA step. Come right. on. It's a like, lot of money. It's a lot of money. When, when you have that sort of cake on the table, it's about a, it's it's better than any deal he's going to get in free agency next year. How do you not sign the contract? It's not all about the money, the winning situation. Okay, Are you you're Johnny Gaudreau and you're happy with signing with the Calgary Flames, but most people would just take the money sure. and say, I'll figure it out later. But the winning situation matters for a lot of players, right? And what's wrong with Why the Calgary would you situation? They're a good hockey I'm happy team. For, I'm happy for Huberto. He gets his money. He gets to stay in Calgary if he wants to do that. But... All like I'm saying, Columbus is a much better winning situation. Columbus stinks. John Gaudreau basically said, I choose the team where I can live an anonymous lifestyle that's not going to be a very good hockey team, and I can just play out the rest of my career making this much money rather than a little bit more in Calgary where I'm going to be under the microscope forever, even though it might be a better winning so- situation right now. Nobody is suggesting Huberto would have considered Columbus. My point is, if you play at the U- UFA field, at least you have options. The money might not be the same, but what does this tell us? Hey, man. $84 million can convince a lot of people to not even hit the ice with the team and extend. And in the end, 
I think this is obviously a great deal for Huberto because you're getting that money. Your pockets are straight. Yeah. You're solid. You're in a good situation. This is a great deal for the Calgary Flames in the short term based on the fact that that rebuild discussion, Eric Francis, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and th- there was a question of rebuild. Is it coming? And it felt like it was. Yep. That's not happening now. Not no. when you sign this player to that much money. Um, all of this is predicated on uh, you know the Flames trying to keep their window open, right? And you know once Gaudreau and Kachuk um, were well, Gaudreau left, and you knew Kachuk wanted out. You looked at the situation, and okay, you got Lindholm coming up in a couple of years. You've got Hannafin in a couple of years. Tanev a couple of years away. Backlund too. It's like yeah, you've got some really good players. Not stars, but some really good players all coming up in the next couple of years. You could, in theory, just say, let's be really aggressive about this. Maybe move on from these guys in the next six months to 12 months and really put together a nice bunch of future assets. But Bradshaw Living is like, no, we're not doing that here. We're, we're continuing to go for it. He gets Huberdeau. He gets Mackenzie Weger. And now eliminates, at least with Huberdo, the storyline of are we going to have to trade this guy when we get closer to the deadline and potentially a deal is not yet in place. That conversation's gone, and one that's going to yep. probably start up pretty quickly here, I think in about a year's time for sure, is you're going to have money freed up for Milan Lucic contract expiring, mm-hmm. and you're going to have Sean Monahan's contract expiring in a year as well. So that runway reach, well, I would say like two, three years, Calgary can do something. I just don't know, to your point, after the Tanev deal is off the books, after Hannafin, after a few of those other guys. You know what the biggest one is? Sutter. Isn't he up in two years? Yep. That's what this is all about. We've, we've got a, a coach that we think can carry this team to a Stanley Cup, and he's got two years left on his deal. And Sutter did so many great things. I mean, this Flames team looks completely different under Sutter than they did under Gullitson or under Jeff Ward. You know, it's... It's taken a complete turnaround. He turned Johnny Gaudreau into a player that could play at both ends of the rink. He did this, uh, built the, the the strongest line in hockey last year with Kachuk, Lindholm, and Gaudreau. They're going to have to rebuild a lot of those things and try to get them back to where they were now with with all the changes that have been made. But if you're Calgary, you're going into this season and still feeling pretty strong about this. But there's always a but. Is Johnny Gaudreau, or not Johnny Gaudreau, is Jonathan Huberdeau really that guy? Is he really the 115-point guy that we saw last year with the Florida Panthers? 30 goals, 85 assists, set a record for most assists by a left winger in NHL history. I I like Huberdeau a lot. I'm not one of these... People that saying, "Oh, he was the, the the Florida Panthers were worse when he was on the ice than the, than they were when he was off of it." I'm not I'm not trying to say that. I just like a lot of players having career years, career seasons last year. I I just I don't think Huberto's a ten and a half million dollar guy. He's probably more of a eight and a half nine million dollar player and. That's probably where he's going to come back down to earth in Calgary. Listen, that's a valid question when it comes to Huberto because in Florida, and, you know, there's sample size there. The guy's put up points just not one year, which was 115 points, but he's been in that 90 range a few times. He's a damn good player, but he was never the number one dog 
on the Florida Panthers. That was Sasha Barkov. That still continues to be Sasha Barkov. So that number one star, that franchise player, I think that question is still a, a pretty relevant one when it comes to Huberto in Calgary. We'll see. One thing that we know for sure is top five playmaker in the league. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best passers in the game. So you bring this player onto your team, and he's a selling point, Rich. So down the road, whether it's a year from now, whether it's two years from now, if you have that player in your roster, you're going to attract some talent. Now, in the short term, he's going to make them competitive. So if, from a Canucks fan perspective... Is Jonathan Huberto the guy you want to be the number one player on your team, though? He's got skill. Come on. Like, we can't like you know, we can't no, look away from the he's skill. He's, skill. He's, he's a top he... ten player in the NHL, man. Yeah. How often does a top ten player su- walk in your roster? Is he better suited to be, you know, kind of the Robin to somebody else's back? Is he the Mitch Marner yeah. type, essentially? And listen, remember... He had Sasha Barkov there in Florida. Didn't have to be the guy, you know? That... That matters, man. You can be a dog, but are you the dog? And, and I don't know if Jonathan Huberdo is that. As I said, that that's going to be a question that he has to answer. But last time I checked, Mitch Marner's making eleven plus million dollars. Yeah. Playmakers make money too, even if you're a winger. It's not an ideal situation for the Calgary Flames, but they're going to have to follow that up and get somebody else, probably a goal scorer, to play alongside him over the next two to three years. But the question of is he your franchise guy? Can he lead you to the promised land? That is going to be the question in Calgary. It's a huge one. Can he make Elias Lindholm a 40-goal scorer again? That's kind of the question. I think he can. Yeah. I think he can. He is – we've seen him play. We've seen the vision that he has. Mm -hmm. I think he can make somebody on that roster. If he plays with Tyler Toffoli, he'll make him better as well. Remember, there's there's a few good players on that roster that can pull the trigger. I think Lindholm will thrive with Huberto. Like a lot of players, uh, career season last year for – for uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, 115 points. Uh, the year prior, 61 and 55, 78 and 69 through 1920. And in uh, the last full season that we had prior to this one, 18-19, he had a breakout year then to 92 points in 82 games. So quite the significant uptick for Jonathan Huberdeau. And... It's hard to to knock the flames here. You know, I think often we get into a stage where it's too easy to say, tear it down and rebuild. And Brad Treliving said, no, we're we're not doing that here. We're going to continue to try and build a good hockey team, even in these circumstances that are falling as far away from where we would like it to as possible. And making this trade for Huberdeau and Uyghur certainly helps that. Now you keep Huberdeau, you know, like a lot of GMs, you can say this when they sign a deal that's probably not going to age well. Are they going to be around to really care all that much about it? Brad Living is thinking about winning a Stanley Cup in the next two, three years. He doesn't care what's going to happen in years six, seven, and eight of Jonathan Huberdeau's contract. No, that's signing bonus. And I know a lot of people are talking about, hey, that $21 million on the back end. That doesn't matter if he keeps you competitive. He brings in other talent alongside him. And, yeah, ideally, if you're a Flames fan, win a Stanley Cup. We'll see if that happens. Uh, let's bring in our next guest covering the Calgary Flames with Sportsnet. It's Eric Francis. Thanks for this, Eric. Uh, did you have uh, an inkling that you'd have this big of a story to cover in uh, in early August? No, i got to be honest. I You know, I guess the – Obviously, there was always a possibility that either one of those guys was going to sign. Um, but, like, I 
I'm not questioning Huberto's decision. At the end of the day, when I asked him why today, the, the, the real answer is uh, eight times $10.5 million. I mean, that's why he signed. He got the money that he was hoping for no matter where he was going to go. But, I, you know, I, I just, for the same reason why Gaudreau and Kachuk left, like, you know, I don't, it's just amazing that someone would sign without ever really spending a minute in the city outside of coming to a game. Um, you want to see how you fit with your teammates. You want to see how the city feels. Like, you know, I expected that if either of those guys was going to sign, it was going to be a month or two into the season when they, you know, they realized, yeah, this is a winning culture. Yeah, this is a good group of guys. Yeah, I am fitting in well here. Yeah, I do like the city. You know what I mean? But yeah. he hasn't checked any of those boxes. He had a dinner with Brad Treliving where Brad clearly said all the right things. And, 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 and at the end of the, the dinner, he, he handed him a piece of paper that had all the right <laughs> things on it. And, and that, that made his decision. And I'm not, I'm not saying Huberto's making a, a mistake or saying that he shouldn't have done this. I'm just saying, you asked, am I su- surprised? I say, yeah, the timing is a little bit surprising to me, but you've got a GM and an organization that's pushing really hard to try and move forward and get all that negative publicity that just crushed this team for a couple weeks and now have it all looking very positive. So I get it. The GM looks a whole lot better today than he did uh, yesterday. Well, Treliving uh, essentially did his best Marlon Brando uh, impression and said, I'm going to give you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. I don't uh, – look, I, Jonathan Huberto is an incredible hockey player. I just I, – I don't know if I saw him as one of those guys making uh, double digits, Eric. You know, I, I think you're right, but, you know, you've got to remember the Calgary Flames were bidding – even though it's a year away, the Calgary Flames are bidding against 31 other teams to sign Huberto. So there were, there was never going to be any discount. Yeah. Um, you want to you want to sign uh, the second leading scorer in the National Hockey League, just like Johnny Gaudreau, and I bet that number was easy to come to. I mean, they were willing to pay Johnny Gaudreau 10.5 million dollars. Um, the argument that the debate could now be on as to whether or not Huberto is a better player than Gaudreau. I mean, time will only tell. The two guys tied in points last year. They're both considered two of the top five playmakers in the National Hockey League. One's got size, one doesn't. Um, neither has a proven playoff pedigree in them. Uh, their similarities are shocking, and their names both they're both named Johnny. Both their names end with EAU. I mean, <laughs> guys, <laughs> it, 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 the stars were aligned for them both to make the same amount of money, uh, albeit Huberto got an extra year. So, yeah, I. Yes, the deal could could not have been refused. I mean, and you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure the agent turned to him and said, look, if you hate it in Calgary, I'll get you out of there. I mean, athletes always get their way when they're yeah. big stars. They can still write their own ticket. So if he goes there and he doesn't like it, he can demand a trade, and he'll still get his eight times 10.5 somewhere else. I'm with you in the sense that, you know, this is a, a player that is amongst the best playmakers in the league. I, you look at the assist totals, and, and they speak for themselves. But Huberto has not been the number one option on a team before. It was Sasha Barkov in Florida. In Calgary, he will be the guy. He's getting paid like he's going to be that guy. Uh, how much does he have to prove now with that price tag on his, next to his name? Like, it's a great question because, you know, he played with Barkov, who's, you know, one of the best all-around players in the league. Doesn't get the credit he probably deserves. But, you know, now he's going to play with Lindholms, who is a very similar guy. He was a Selkie Trophy finalist, too, one of the best two-way forwards in the league. So there'll be pressure for sure. Um, it's going to be damn near impossible. It, well, 
I can't imagine he can get 115 points again. I, I mean, I've, I've made predictions like that about Johnny, and I've been wrong <laughs> on these things. But you know, I, you know, he's how, how he doesn't have Kachuk on the other wing. I got They still don't know who's going to be that right winger on that top line with Huberdeau and Elias Lindholm. Um, it'll be awfully hard for him to du- duplicate the numbers. But I guess to your point, question is, can he be the face of the franchise? Can he carry this team offensively like Johnny Gaudreau used to? Well, we'll have to find out. You know, people in this city would have had a hard time believing that there's a better playmaker in the NHL uh, than Johnny Gaudreau. I, I really think no flame fan would, would think that there's a better one out there. Maybe Patrick Kane. Um, and this McDavid kid's pretty good too, I get it. But uh, I, I, I think that Huberto, I mean, he broke the NHL record last year for assists in an NHL season by a left winger. Like, that's the all-time NHL record. He had more assists than Johnny Gaudreau. And, uh, you know, that gives hope that maybe this guy can be every bit as dynamic as Gaudreau. You know, the when, when, when last year started out, I don't think anybody expected Lindholm, Kachuk, Gaudreau to be one of the best lines, probably the best line in hockey overall through the regular season. And it, with so much focus around Kachuk and, and Gaudreau, it, it almost feels like we've forgotten or Lindholm has kind of just been left in the shadows. Like, hey, man, I had 40 goals last year. I almost had 100 points too. Like, I, how come nobody's talking about me? I, I think that's kind of the biggest question for me here is, is Huberto and Lindholm going to click the way that that line did last year? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question for, for, for the both of them to answer. You know, there was just this amazing chemistry between Gaudreau and Lindholm. Gaudreau would just, or Lindholm would just find that open spot, just like Sean Monaghan used to do when he would score 30 goals annually alongside Johnny Gaudreau. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, they both have a world-class finish. Well, you know, um, I, I think that Lindholm will be just as productive I mean, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. Well, well, was was Lindholm a, a product of Gaudreau and Kachuk, or like is does he just not get enough credit for, for how good of a hockey player he is? Uh, I think it's the latter. But I will say, I mean, he finally got the Selkie Trophy finalist nod this year, which yeah. says a lot, right? I mean, that, that usually takes many years for you to get even on the ballot. Uh, but, but, you know, this year I don't think people could ignore the fact that he finished like second in the league. I think he was plus 65 you know, yeah, he's a product of those two guys, no question. But all three of them worked brilliantly together. They all got 40 goals plus. Um, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I, I have no doubt that Lindholm and 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 good and Huberto will click. Uh, the question is, will they be anywhere close to as good a line without Kachuk on that right side? They literally don't know who that's going to be now. You're listening to the People Show. We're joined by Eric Francis of Sportsnet. And Eric, last time we talked, there was a lot of questions about Kachuk, about where the organization was going. Uh, we have some answers now, obviously, with the Huberto signing, the trade. But if you start looking down the road, because that's what we do, we go to Cap Friendly, we start looking at UFA status a couple of da- years down the line, and there's going to be a lot of you know potential turnover in two to three years. We know Daryl Sutter's around for a couple more years as well. Is this the go time you have to win a cup right now in the next two years because it feels like when you start looking at those contracts that are up in a couple years time and the coaches situation potentially it feels like the next two years are it for the calgary flames yeah but yeah yeah i I guess i can't argue with that i mean people uh, you know lindholm's got two more years left i think so does hannafin and then obviously you got some big big question marks after you lose two of those guys but uh, you know I think a lot of people would have said you're going to lose Kachuk and Gaudreau while your window's closed. Um, 
that's how important that trade was, that Huberto trade, that he got a return like that uh, for Kachuk because it did keep the window open. There was never any doubt from the minute I saw the return that there's there's no rebuild going on in Calgary. Uh, that trade literally, everything hinged on that trade. If he only got futures and young guys, the rebuild would have started the next day. But instead, he got a couple of veterans as well as a couple, you know, uh, futures. Um, and, 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 and suddenly it was not rebuild, it's retool. And, uh, you know, I, let's just say Huberdeau and and Gaudreau are soft. Just say they're the same, same position, same top line, same playmakers. Uh, well, now you're down a, a Kachuk, which is, you know, a, a unicorn in the NHL. Can't replace him. But you, you added a top-pairing defenseman, which they don't grow on trees either. So, you know, this team's defense was third in the league last year. Its goalie, you guys know, is one of the better ones in the league as well. Its coach is the reigning coach of the year. All the ingredients are there for this team to still compete for a Pacific Division title this year like they did last year. I don't think anyone thinks they can be as good as last year, but would it really shock you if they were? I don't know. I guess it would be surprising, but it can't be shocking given how far they rose last year. Yeah, they definitely still look like a playoff team. Uh, I, the, the other question now is uh, what happens with Mackenzie Weger, uh, if, if anything, before the season starts, Eric? Yeah, you know, just talking to people from Florida and some people around the NHL who know both these guys, what I was hearing right away was the guy who's more apt to sign is Weegar. Um, yeah. So so the fact that Huberto got signed first, I, 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 that certainly doesn't hurt the chances of Weegar signing here. Because I asked Huberto today, have you called <laughs> McKenzie yet to tell him uh, to give him the pitch on, on why he should sign? And he said no, but he sent me a congratulations note. I'm going to call him back today and start the pitch right away. So, uh, you know, again, I, I can't fathom why someone would sign this early um, because you want to get to the city, find out what it's all about. But once you do, I think you'll like what he sees in Calgary. You know, another thing that a lot of people ask me over the last little while, are, are all these guys leaving Calgary because there's no arena there? Uh, is it because of Daryl Sutter? Uh, there are a lot of theories out there why those guys both left. And, you know, I have very strong feelings on why they left, and it has nothing to do with either of those things. I think it's because when an athlete's given a choice in, in, to, to choose his destination, it's pretty rare. And you want to take full advantage of it, have no regrets, and go to the place that you absolutely want to go to that's a perfect fit. Um, he can't say that about Calgary right now. He might be able to say it in a couple of months once he gets to town. But right now, I, I can't imagine he can say that. That said... Maybe he can get a Marlon Brando type offer, and, and the deal the deal can be signed uh, before he even arrives in town. I, the pressure is certainly off the Flames now. Now that they've signed Uberdo, I, I think even if Wegard doesn't sign eventually, I still think this trade was was a a win given the circumstances. I'm not saying he won the trade, but a win given given the circumstances. Hey Eric, I really appreciate the time. Uh, maybe it'll be a quieter rest of the summer for you. Here's hoping. It just never seems to end around here, but uh, that's okay, boys. That's what we get paid to do. That's all right. I had to cancel a golf, guy, a golf game, but that's that's how it goes. Yeah, it could be worse. Thanks for this, Eric. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Talk soon. Uh, there is uh, Eric Francis, sports set covering the uh, Calgary Flames. He got an offer he couldn't refuse, Randy. He got the old... Uh, Producers Josh and Dom don't know what that means. No, and a lot but, of our uh, listeners don't, too, apparently. Don't watch The Godfather. <laughs> Come on! But it feels like... It feels like Calgary's got, and I saw a text earlier as well, it feels like they got one more move to make. I don't know what it is. Well, they don't have a ton of room. They don't, 
But they got a couple of contracts that they could move to make room. Right? Oh, well, we talked about this yesterday. Who's taking on these contracts? Yeah, but if you've got a two-year window, Reach. Like, yeah, maybe, if you're you, can move, living, maybe you can move Monaghan, but... Or Luch. Those are the two I'm looking at. They're both UFAs. There's a couple of teams, one below the floor right now in Arizona, who picked up Zach Cassian. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're willing to play ball. If you're trying to make one more move, you'd move one of those two contracts. Yeah. And if you're Monaghan, don't you want to be going into a situation where you're going to play? If you're healthy? Yeah. Probably, right? You probably want to hit the ice. At least be given a chance to Given play. a chance to play. So Six, I think there's three, one move. Seven, five for Monaghan for one more year. It would cost the Calgary Flames, though. Like mm-hmm. you would have to add something sweet, but it is a one-year, one-year move. I still think they make another one. It's a mailbag Friday. Get your questions in. I've got a uh, thread out at Dan Richo underscore on Twitter asking for your questions. Also six fifty six fifty on the Dunbar Lumber text line. It is uh, Randeep's maiden voyage on the mailbag. Make it a good one. So any and all Dud Soda questions are welcome. Everything. Nothing is off limits, folks. That's what we do. That's apparently the mailbag, right? It's like Confession Friday kind of? Yes. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits. Uh, If you want to know more about Randeep's European vacation, now's the time to ask it in a mailbag Friday. Coming up, there is a Canucks tie-in here with Jonathan Huberdeau and his extension. I think you know where I'm going with this. But also... The Premier League. We'll get in a little preview of the season to kick off today. It's Dan Richo, Randy Janda, live at Nat Bailey Stadium. It's the Vancouver Canadiens Nooners coming today on Sportsnet 650. People show live from Nat Bailey Stadium here on a beautiful day for baseball. We'll have... uh, some Canadians coverage coming up this afternoon on Sportsnet 650. I uh, I'm kind of in a weird spot, Randeep, because like I I know I need to get a haircut, but also like I'm leaving for Europe next Saturday, so I don't want to get the haircut until like the last possible moment. But it just it makes for a really awkward position that I'm in right. No, nah, man, the final week before vacation, you're meant to look like a scrub. <laughs> you're meant to look. Like a bum. <laughs> and next week, aren't you working the morning show? Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of the look on the morning show anyways, isn't yeah. it? Well, I mean, apparently we were going to be on stream the whole time for the morning ah, show. Oh, okay. So. You, know, you, you roll out of bed, you kind of do the show is the point, yeah, right? I guess so. so there you go. Spro's in hand. going to have to bring a thermos full of Spro for the entire show. Yeah, I think I need one right now as well. I woke <laughs> up at 2.45 today. Again! I can't help it, man. Is this your first rodeo? You can't figure no. out jet lag? I woke up at 2 a.m. the night before. 2.45. I... I I'm getting yeah. better slowly. Yeah, you needed to like stay awake through the evening. No, nah, I couldn't. Do what it. time did you go to sleep? Like eight. Wow. I still ended up getting up at two forty-five. Very disappointed in you. You should know this by now. I should. But here I am. So uh, Jonathan Huberdeau signs a eight-year deal with the Calgary Flames yesterday, and uh, I tease that we will be talking Premier League coming up. Uh, this text, screw soccer talk, talk about JT Miller. <laughs> we got this one from Marty the Red as well. You go, you guys know that everyone listening is waiting for you to stop talking about Calgary and go to the how does this affect the Miller situation. 
So JT Miller is uh, eligible to sign a contract with the Vancouver Canucks right now, as Correct. we all know. Um, nothing has happened yet. Negotiations have gone on. Hasn't been a ton of movement. But, okay, if we're looking at and analyzing as to why Huberto signs his contract right now with the Calgary Flames versus why JT and the Canucks haven't come to an agreement, Huberto got all of the money. All of the money. He got the exact same contract that the Flames had on the table for Johnny Gaudreau. They said, okay, we found our new Johnny. You're getting eight, eight years, $10.5 per if you'll sign it. And Huberto said, you know what? This is about as good as a contract I can expect, even on the open market, plus the eighth year. I'm just going to sign this right now. That's the only thing that's holding back the Canucks and JT Miller from coming to an extension. Huberto got as much or more than he would have expected on the open market. The only way the Canucks are going to get pen to paper with JT Miller right now is if they give him something very similar, and that is either a contract that is at what he would expect to get on the open market or more than he would expect to get on the open market. And the Canucks haven't offered that to this point. That's why there is no contract extension agreed for J.T. Miller and the Vancouver Canucks. Reach, the reality is that the Calgary Flames needed a franchise player, and they were willing to pay the price to make Huberto that guy. Yeah. They were desperate. They needed something. Yeah. The Vancouver Canucks and their situation, mm -hmm. a, a key quote that I look back to is when Rutherford joined you and sat on Canucks Central, and he said, if the numbers are out of whack, Mm-hmm. They'll go in a different direction, essentially. Paraphrasing here, right? The numbers being you know, out of whack means overpaying, means hitting a, a tax bracket that you don't want to get into. Mm -hmm. The Canucks have young players. Elias Pettersson. They have Quinn Hughes. They have Thatcher Demko. They're not in the same situation as the Calgary Flames. Calgary is trying to go in go mode right now. And the Vancouver Canucks, I know there's a lot of differing opinions on where the Canucks should go. But if you pay that contract, that big number to a JT Miller, that affects you going down the road with your younger players as well. The Canucks are not in a position to do that. So that contract versus a potential JT one, I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense because Calgary paid for their franchise player. They gave him a huge number. Mm -hmm. Are the Vancouver Canucks in that same spot where they can even consider six years, I'm even saying, at a, at a monster number with JT Miller? They can't. I don't believe they can. The one thing that does hurt the Canucks – there's not a lot of examples where a 30-year-old or a player who will be 30 at the time of the contract kicking in, which is what Huberto is, mm -hmm. there aren't a ton of examples where that player would get eight years. Huberto is obviously seen as an elite, a star player in this league, one of the best wingers you could possibly have on your roster. A guy that if... Team Canada was setting up an Olympic roster for next week. Huberdeau would be on that roster pretty much without a shadow of a doubt. He'd be at the press conference probably wearing one of the jerseys. That right. starter's model, right? Like, he would be there with a bullet. 115 points. You talk about his defensive game, all of those things. He's still one of the best wingers in the game, given how much he affects the offensive end of the ice. However... <laughs> It's still nearly unprecedented to see that contract go to a player that will be 30 when it kicks in. That's probably the type of term JT is hoping for. That would be the type of term that gets JT closer to 
the $55, $60 million he's probably looking for in the total value of a contract. Obviously a term that the Canucks haven't been willing to go to. But this certainly, I would say it emboldens JT's camp. Looking at this deal, that they can dig their feet in a little bit and hold out for that extra year, that extra little bit on the average annual value. This contract doesn't help the Canucks in their negotiations with JT Miller. He is a closer comp to Huberdeau than I think most people think. The difference in points between the two players over the last three seasons is 37. Yeah. 254 for Jonathan Huberdeau, 217 for JT Miller. That is not a huge gap. It makes JT's claim for 8.5 per the Zabanajad yep. contract, it emboldens him to really shoot for that. But the same question we have about Huberdeau, is he the guy? Is he the guy that you want to be given that number? Is still on a lower level. That's still the question you asked about JT Miller, right? Yeah. So from a perspective of an acquiring team, and Let's think about this. If you are JT Miller's camp, and you look at this deal and say, all right, there was at least one team that was trying and willing to go to that level with Huberdeau. Do we feel there's at least one team that would w- willing to be an overpayer, potentially, for a JT Miller, right? And this is where I think not only does Brian Bartlett and JT Miller have to consider this, the Vancouver Canucks are in a similar situation when it comes to the trade deadline. Yeah. Whatever your predicament is as you're, you know, you try to get that deal done. If it doesn't work, you have to consider a trade. Now, are there teams out there that would be willing to do this? I don't think, I don't think the Canucks are that team, but if you are the agent, that's a risk you take to say, hey, we're going to hit market because there's going to be at least one or two teams that will be willing to overpay. From what I sense, from what we get from the conversation from the Canucks side of things, Canucks don't want to be one of those teams. Yeah, they don't want to jump over you know a huge number to get this done. Now that eight and a half, eight point seven five, whatever that number is reached, I believe there is probably one or two teams willing to go to that level. Is it a smart move though? Probably not. So this text coming in at the Dunbar Lumber text line. Um, as much as I love JT Miller, I don't think it's worth taking that bet. Another one. I'm not trying to devalue JT, but. What was his numbers before this? I mean, he's only done at one year what Johnny Hockey and Huberdeau have been doing for a while. JT proved himself, in my opinion, a little bit too late, so he shouldn't expect much more than $50 million. All right. Jonathan Huberdeau does score at a better rate than JT Miller. Do you think it is a wildly better rate than JT Miller, Randy? It is not. No, it isn't. They score goals at about the same rate at all strengths. Total assists is where Huberto really takes the cake, but he's pretty much got a better rate on that front than almost any player in the league. Total points per 60 over the last three seasons. Huberto is at 395. JT is at 311. It's not a massive difference. It's not a massive discrepancy. JT Miller, this is what people have to remember when thinking about JT Miller. Over the last three seasons, he is 12th 
among all players in the league in total points scored. 12th. Yep. This isn't a one-year thing with JT where he got 99 points. Yeah, 99 points is a bigger jump than what he had previously, but he's been more than a point per game throughout the entirety of his Canucks career. And that's now three seasons. He's got a bit of a track record to lean on more than just this most recent career year. Here's the question I have, though, because you can reference those three years, and yes, the numbers are impressive. How long is that peak? How long is the peak? Because with Johnson Huberto, we can all acknowledge he's one of the best playmakers in the game. That's his selling point reach. Yeah. That is, anytime we're having that discussion, he is in that conversation. With JT, as much as I love his game and as much as what I've Love that he's brought to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Five-on-five yeah. game, power forward. He can kill penalties. He's the leader, all of that. Some teams would say that's more valuable. Is it, though, when you don't know how long that peak is going to be? Because as much as the three years have been great, you are paying a contract for potentially six, seven, eight years mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. The three years is nice, but how confident are you in that peak sticking around? And, you know, Rutherford's mentioned himself, hey, when you sign a six-year deal, you're hoping the first three years are unbelievable on the back end, you expect a drop-off. But I am not fully confident in that peak lasting that long because we haven't we haven't seen that. With Huberto, to me, that peak is going to be there for a while because he's gifted, and we've seen that at a high end, amongst the best in the league at what he does. It's, um, you know, with JT, uh, he's such a good player. This really comes down to... A few things with the Canucks. One, where they are in their window. If they think they can pay JT along with Pedersen, Hughes, Horvat, and Demko, and Besser, because he's getting a pretty good chunk of change as well, and still build an absolute contender. Can they live with JT potentially in three years from now, starting to decline maybe even sooner than that we don't know because it can vary quite a bit with players over the age of 30 that is what this whole conversation comes down to and clearly you know the Canucks have said our number is not going to go higher than where Quinn Hughes's number is Mm -hmm. essentially that is maybe there's a little bit of flexibility there but not a ton they've said we want to set our internal cap where Quinn Hughes is right now, and maybe Pedersen will reset that in a couple of years when he's due for a new contract. But right now, our internal cap number is set by our best defenseman, and that's Quinn Hughes. And JT, as much as we love you, you're not going higher than that. I agree with that, but it also means you got to be realistic about the situation and understand we're probably not getting JT on that deal. Unless he starts this season and isn't playing as well, and all of a sudden the numbers start to change for a JT Miller type of contract. It's always been the same conversation with JT, and I don't think anything that necessarily happened with Huberto really changes that, but it does embolden JT to really stick to his guns and go for the number that he thinks is, is uh, palatable for him. Uh, we are uh, live at Nat Bailey Stadium. Dan Richo and Randy Janda uh, joined now, tableside, by uh, local boy, Damiano Palmagiani. How's it going, Damiano? 
Good, good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for for joining us. So, being the local boy, like, are you in on JT Miller, like trade or stay? Like, do you, you follow the Canucks? That do you closely? care? Is the question we have. Oh, that's a great question because <laughs> to be honest. I didn't really know who JT Miller was until you just brought it up right now. <laughs> that shows yeah, that shows uh how how closely I follow. But uh, Okay. But so you know, if the got, Canucks are in the playoffs, I'm watching. Okay. So yeah. we gotta get you to a Canucks game then. Yeah, yeah, hey, I'd love to go. I mean I haven't been since I was about, you know, maybe nine, ten years old, but you know, I'd, I'd say they're my favorite team. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, we gotta get we gotta get him a JT Miller oh, jersey man. after that. We, 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 we gotta start watching some highlight reels. Like you got you got to see who JT Miller. Yeah, is I'm, I'm gonna go home and uh, just watch the highlight reel, <laughs> learn all about it. You know, now that I just got exposed here. But <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling right now? Team's been uh, team's been going pretty good lately. Good, good. Um, you know, second half of the year, uh, we started out hot. Uh, and, you know, I think we're planning on staying hot. Uh, the team is, you know, the, the team vibe right now is, is awesome. Everybody's having fun. And, you know, a lot of new faces, uh, you know, after the draft, people coming in and out. But one thing that remains always consistent is uh, the team chemistry. Uh, you know, everybody loves being here. And, you know, everybody's kind of meshes in really well. So, I think uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun near the end of the year here, and obviously we're we're trying to make a playoff run, so I think we're going to make that happen. Well, you mentioned you know players coming in and out. How do you kind of keep that going? How do you keep that vibe going despite you know people leaving, people coming in? It, what's the what's I guess the thing that remains constant? Is there is are there guys in the room that just bring you know is that the manager or are there other players that bring that energy? Yeah, yeah, that's a, no, that's a great question. I mean, I think it goes down to, I mean, we're all part of the Blue Jays organization. Uh, most of the faces uh, we know already pretty well through spring training, through through camps, stuff like that. So it's just kind of like a, a feeling of gratitude. Like, you know, one of our guys moves up, like we're happy to see him go. And a guy comes up, we're happy to see him here. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just, and I think it, it, like you said, like the manager, like Brent obviously brings that, but uh, it's, it's pretty much player-driven. Uh, great chemistry all around we got good uh good leaders everywhere um you know every day it's someone new but at the same time like i said like we're we're just happy to see people come in we're happy to see people go out but uh we're all we're always ready to play is what's most important how you feeling about your season 17 homers ops over 800 got to be feeling pretty good yeah yeah i feel uh you know uh it's it's an up and down season but uh, it's a long season so uh i think uh you know it's my first season so I'm, I'm learning a lot about how consistency works you know you can't get too down on yourself uh if if you have a couple bad games you can't get too high on yourself if you have a couple good games it's uh even keel all the way through um so yeah i'm just happy with with how it's going i'm mostly just happy with how i'm learning about a long season do you have any uh, superstitions, rituals to try and get yourself out of a slump when when it comes through? Uh, honestly, yes. I've, I'm, a, I'm a pretty superstitious person, and yeah. I will do the same thing that I did the day before if it worked. And if there's not anything specific. So, like, but like, right down from, like, meal, nap time, all of those things? Right, right down to where I put my bat on the bat okay. rack the day before. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, like yesterday, like I'd say it didn't work too great, I'm going to put it in a new spot today. And it's going to work today, and then tomorrow it's going to be in the, you're going to find my bat in the same spot. Or, like, you know, what socks I wear. I have, like, three different of the exact same socks. So I'll just put them on because, you know, <laughs> it, it can't be me, right? Like, yeah. it, it's got to it's be a superstition that's that's not working or something. So you were repeating yourself a lot in July because you led the team in home runs in the month of July with five of them. Uh, what was just working during the last month? The bat rack. I just kept doing <laughs> that. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, like I said, I mean, you know, just it, it's how baseball works. Uh, sometimes you're going to have your timing right down to the, to the millisecond for – an extended period of time 
and uh, you stay in the zone and and you just keep it. And then if it if you lose it for a sec, like you got that that nice little uh, uh, way to like equalize it and come back. So I'd say just that's kind of what it was. Just uh, doing being able to repeat the same thing every day and. Uh, it's baseball. You know, one day you're going to show up and the ball's going to look like a like a ping pong ball, but <laughs> battle through it, trust your swing and and that's how you get out of those those tough spots. So How cool is it uh being back playing in the the lower mainland? It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh anyone who who really knows me knows that. Like I've been around the US and stuff playing baseball and and I've been to different places like California, Arizona, Vegas, um but everybody who knows me knows this is my favorite place in the world, uh, the Lower Mainland, BC. Obviously, grew up here. Um, I'd say it's you know it's special to me, cause especially because I grew up coming to these games as a kid. So just kind of seeing it on the other side of the field, kind of seeing everything come full circle, telling myself like I, you know, I really did believe I, I would play here someday. So you know, it just brings that uh, little extra energy and effort to every game. Awesome local story, but, you know, this is one of the hottest tickets in the city. How often are friends texting you saying, all right, man, I'm going to come to the neuter today. Can you drop me a couple of tickets? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely my friends. I'm, I'm reach I reached out to all of them when I told them I'd be here, and, uh, you know, I told them whenever you want to come to a game, there we go. let me know. I'm, I'm, it's not very difficult for me to do so for my friends and family, so, you know, if they want to come down and support, uh, you know, on their end, I appreciate that, so to show some gratitude, like, I have zero problem uh, helping anyone out. You, know? you just said it on radio, so probably going to get a lot more time. <laughs> no, no, fr that's why I said uh, friends and family. But <laughs> so all your teammates, like, it's a lot of pressure on you. All your teammates are probably expecting you to show them the best spots around town. Honestly, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, I've, I've fumbled that a couple times because, <laughs> I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty laid-back kind of person. Yeah. I don't go out uh, and see too many crazy spots. I haven't done too many of the cool hikes. I do yeah. like the super local, like, basic tourist stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when they're asking me, like, hey, I need, like, a like a, a, a good, like, off-the-map kind of, like, lake that I can hike to, and I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Google it. I, and then, and then I, I ask my friends who actually know, relay the info. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm not that guy. But I'm learning, too. So. <laughs> All right, man. If you need any tips, uh, Richie will give you some. Cause I, oh, I, yeah. Of course. I'm the, I, the, the, the Toronto guy who's done the most yeah. uh, exploring around here. You're doing the most touristy stuff around here, man. Come on. You don't even act like a local. It's been uh, it's been really great getting to know you, Damiano, and uh, and uh, have a great one today. Thanks Thank for you. This. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, all the best. There is uh, Damiano Palmagiani, a local boy playing with the uh, Vancouver Canadians, having a great season, 17 homers, OPS at 858. Uh, it's been uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good for him and pretty good for the Canadians lately in, in their season. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I was going to say 20 and 12. Yep. In the second half of the season, which was half a game behind Eugene. First half was not great, sub 500, but the second half, I've been tearing it up, man. Uh, it's It's been really good. I can't believe we found the only person in Vancouver that's not thinking about JT Miller. Damiano does not listen to Sportsnet 650. We just found that out right now. You know, we just found that out. So, like, sometimes when you're interviewing a subject, you know, they uh, when you learn it in school, you know, there's like uh, – yeah, there's uh, there's dangerous questions you could ask because you, you don't know the answer. Sure. Like, you know, you don't ask somebody about their parents if you don't know if they're alive, right? <laughs> because yep. it's it could be could be an issue, could be not great. Um, but I I would have imagined local boy playing with the Vancouver Canadians would know about J T Miller. Little did I know, Damiano Palmagiani did not 
is not not in on JT Miller, not in on the Canucks lately. Man has not been to a Canucks game since the age of nine. You know what I just found out? Jim Benning did nothing to get Damiano Palmagiani down to Rogers Arena. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he did not provide him with all the information. He's well. He's basically said, "Hey, if they're in the if they're in the playoffs, I'll jump on the bandwagon. But if not." That's where the Canucks are. Awesome conversation, though. A lot yeah. of personality. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing him play as well. You know, he had a great July, man. Five home runs. Uh, Leo Jimenez as well, another prospect of the Blue Jays who plays for the Canadians. 23 RBI in the month of July. So these guys are starting to heat up at the right time. A uh, couple of texts coming in. You guys are absolutely ridiculous. This is today's NHL. You pay for... Big, you pay big for the short term in hopes of winning, and you deal with all the bad contracts while you're rebuilding... Where have you guys been? The Flames had no other option. I believe I said that. I believe they were desperate for a franchise player. What about the uh, Carolina Hurricanes? They don't have too many bad contracts on the books. No, they were rebuilding for a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they became good, like, you know, they've been a dynasty. They were trash for a while. But they, they know which payers, players to pay and which ones not to. Yes, that is an integral part of building a sustainable team for the long term. I know, you know, it hasn't worked in total playoff success for the Hurricanes, but you know, they've they've let some players walk in the last couple of years. Uh, D'Angelo had over fifty points for them. Yeah, what, whatever. We were paying you a million bucks. That was great. <laughs> we're not paying you more. We'll let Philly deal with that. Vincent Trocheck, yeah, you've been great for us. We, great pickup from the Florida Panthers. You were, but you know what? Nah, we don't want to pay you seven years and and $6 million per or thereabouts, whatever he got from the New York Rangers. They, they know when to part with players. They know which pairs to play and which ones not to. Reach a big part of this conversation is also ownership. Yeah. Calgary needed the sign-off from ownership to make these moves. Yeah. If ownership wanted a rebuild, Brad Living probably wouldn't have a job after losing an Johnny Gaudreau and uh, Kachuk. Like, yeah. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. But ownership is saying, no, hey, we're not done yet. Brad... You have the job. Let's make this team relevant. Let's make them competitive. So this, a big part of this equation we haven't really talked about is the mandate from ownership. Calgary didn't want to take a step back. That's why they could overpay. Mailbag Friday is coming up. Uh, final hours. We are live here from the Nat with the Vancouver Canadians on tap. It's Dan Richo, Randy Janda, The People Show on Sportsnet 650.